the strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 184, recorded July 9th, 2023. My name is Joe Becker, one half of the KyberCast team. The other half in the northern parts of the world is... Michael Diaz. You make it sound like I'm in like the Nordic countries or something. You are. I, Michigan is not a Nordic country. <laughs> we have Nordic sports, but not as many as I There's plenty uh, of Finns in Michigan. I married are, one. That's true. That's true. So. Up from the uh, from up, up north, and according to my uh, DNA, I'm part of that. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> my DNA comes from further south. Right. Well, no, you have Europe in you too, right? Yeah, I'm a mismatch. Yeah, we all do. It's all terrible. I'm just a whole bunch of Catholics mixed into one. <laughs> mixed into one big thing of guilt. Right. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> You, you survive the fourth. You have all your fingers and toes. That's good. Yeah, yeah, we didn't do any. I mean, you know, we saw some. We were going to do fireworks. We had a big storm uh, come through, so we decided not to. So we stayed home. That's fair. Yeah. Would have been cool, though, because it would have been nice to be the first fireworks out here. Would have been cool, but uh, it didn't happen. We went up north. We were on vacation. I know. That's why we didn't make it last week, folks. Not this. Not my fault this time. Not my fault. Well, yeah. Usually it's my fault. fault. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Well, yeah, we had to shift it to Sundays for you. Right. So we'll blame that on you. But last week was my fault. It's usually the easiest day <laughs> Sundays now because no one's really doing something Sunday night. We're all just waiting to yes. be ready for work. And I got to travel to Orlando tomorrow, unfortunately. Ooh, flying, I hope. Well, we have uh, a trade show called ICAST, the biggest fishing show in the country. So I'm excited to go. Super oh, exciting. But here we are. It is uh, a slow news week. Uh, let's get Michael. He's he, Michael writes all the news in here until I find something. So, Michael, why don't you take it away? Well, this is a little bit old at this point, but just want to touch base on the fact that Superman and Lois Lane have been cast for James Gunn's Superman legacy film. And those people are, if you don't know already, are David Cornsweet, which is a very very British sounding name, which makes sense because he's British and Rachel Brosnahan, who I don't know if you're familiar with her, Joe, did you watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I, I haven't watched it, but I know where she's from. Yes. Yeah. Loved that show. She was hilarious. Her comic timing is fantastic. How that would translate to Lois Lane. I'm not sure, but I loved her on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But Lois Lane's such a strong female character that probably plays well. I, I think. Well, yeah, because it's very interesting because the whole premise of the show is that she is a woman in the late 50s, early 60s, I'd say early 60s, um, trying to break in the stand-up comic world, which really didn't happen much then because it was a whole, it was a men's game, right? So there is a lot of like emerging like, you know, feminism and whatnot. So she, she turns out she's a very strong female-centered character. So I can see that translating well to Lois Lane. For sure. For sure. Now, it's always good to have an unknown Superman, I think. I agree. Relatively 100%. unknown. I don't know this person, but I'm sure he's been in things that I maybe have seen, maybe have not. But it seems like that's the role, you know, it's good to have somebody fairly new. Because, you know, Henry Cavill was fairly unknown. He was in 300, the second 300, I believe. No, he or, was in Immortals. Oh, Immortals. That's right. Immortals. Which I saw. I did too. And it's not good. No. He was good, though. Was he fine. was good. Yes. God, I can't. Oh, whatever happened to that film? I'm, it's it's like lost to time. I haven't heard a reference to that film since we just made that. <laughs> since the last DC movie? Oh, sorry. Oh, hey, hello. Um, but yeah, I agree. Uh, having a relative unknown is probably the best because there's so much, so much comes with 
you know, established actors that you're like, oh, like if you cast someone like, oh, who am I trying to think of here? Someone like Ryan Gosling, for instance, (laughs) Nicolas Cage in the 80s, right? Or even like a Ryan Gosling or something. Yeah, he's a huge actor. Right. But you're like, right away, people start going based on his previous roles. You're like, should he be Superman with someone like Corn Sweat, if I'm saying his name right? Like, I have literally no idea what he's been in. Perhaps it he's seems been in to be you can stuff. do it with Batman. You just can't do it with Superman. Well, it depends. Like, every Bale, Batman that's been in the last has been a, an established actor, like really established. Every Batman in the films. Yeah, but Bale was not. Like, Bale was, was really established. He won a freaking Academy Award by then. He was very, very established. Yes, but it was a left turn for him for most people. I know, but it was. But nobody knew who he was. There was no unknown to any of the Batmans ever, yeah. except for Adam West. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You don't have to give it to me, Michael. It's fact. <laughs> it's nothing to give <laughs> no, me. No, I give it to you because Bale was not. He was not a mainstream star at all. No, but he was not unknown. Yeah, but he wasn't. He wasn't Michael Keaton. Right, he already had hit films. He wasn't Ben Affleck, who's a huge movie star. He's not. He wasn't not George Clooney. He wasn't Val Kilmer. He wasn't. I mean, right? Those are all very, very well established. I mean, come on, Val Kilmer was in a bunch of movies. Uh, George Clooney was a huge star because of ER. Bale yeah. was not to their star level, so he uh, may not have been unknown, but he was by far the least known of the Batman, uh, other than Adam West, who is the Batman, old chum. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this casting's fine. I mean, like it's like like I'm saying right now. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. I don't know anything. Will DC have the money to make this stuff? Do oh yeah, they've got deep pockets. They'll just keep shelving everything. That do they though? Isn't I don't think they have deep pockets. Like they're spending a lot. Like that Flash cost them a shit ton of money, and it's the biggest flop of all time. I don't know if all money wise, but it's it's pretty fucking big. Which is too bad because it really is a good movie. It's a fine movie. That's I mean, but you know, is it? I think is James Gunn coming to this genre when it's on its way out? It, well, it, it all comes down to the quality. Yeah. So, you know, here's the thing, and we'll talk a little, about this a little bit more with Indiana Jones, which was super expensive. I, you don't have to. I mean, I get it. Yes. There are special effects involved, but I'd really, I really love some of these comic book films to focus and put a lot more effort into the writing and whatnot, because it doesn't have to be a huge CGI driven event. You can tell a a simple Superman story. And yes, there should be something in there that shows that Superman is Superman and can do amazing things. I'm all for that. But. Start with a story. Make it a good story. It doesn't have to be a two three hundred dollar two three hundred million dollar film. Start with the story. Get a good story. Get good actors. Then well, good actors get, are going to make it move up, especially now they're all on strike. Want more money? Well, the actors haven't stricken yet, have they? Not yet. They're close. I know. But anyway, that's that's my two cents. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I don't know if DC has the money to do this right now. Who knows? If Superman, if his legacy doesn't make, isn't a hit, I think they're done for a long time. And they'll just you know, do, they'll do the one-offs of like the Batman and the Joker maybe, but. You know, that's interesting because this kind of, did you know in the 90s that DC came this close, DC Comics, to licensing their characters to Marvel to publish comics. Wow. Or maybe it was the other way around. I think it was DC. Regardless, um, I agree with you. If Superman Legacy is not a hit, uh, this Gods and Monsters Chapter 1 is going to be end of the DCU Chapter 0 is done. Yeah, for sure. They don't have money to play around. I mean, HBO is hemorrhaging. It is. It is, and it's unfortunate. Like I said, The Flash is a good movie. It deserves to be seen on the big screen. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. 
But I, I also get why people didn't see it. There is a lot of baggage, and let's face it, Ezra Miller did not help things. No. But we're not here to weeks later to keep bashing why it didn't weeks later. Well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dune Part 2 trailer. I'm assuming you saw it. Yeah, of course. I mean, what's there to say? Well, we read the book. You know, we, we know all this stuff as, as, a, right. as a group. Um, we did. It I, looks, I gotta say, it looks, looks very good. I mean, we it's basically it's not part. It's one movie. They just didn't. It's the second half, so right. it's not like it's a sequel. <laughs> you know, it's it's the movie that wasn't finished. It's the second half of the story. Because yeah, I mean, even I mean, the book's like eight, eight nine hundred pages, man. There's no way you're getting that in one film. No. So yes, it's well, just Sting is in it is when you can do it with one film, <laughs> and nobody wants that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Especially um, Andy Summers. It looks fantastic, but the one thing, I mean, there is some artistic license here. Let's face it, the book, I know a lot of people love it. I'm glad I read it. Um, I didn't love it. But the book really does not go into detail about the combat. It's just like, uh, there was a battle, and they yeah. won, and we took over Arrakis. Yay. Right. Oh, I spoilers. Mean, In case you haven't seen the movie. Uh, the book came out in the '60s. Okay, so uh, <laughs> not too worried about that. But anyway, the fact that they're actually going to show some detail into the war and stuff, I think it looks pretty badass. You know, those battles. Right. Right. That was one thing I thought the book was lacking. Uh, that said, the book didn't need to be a thousand pages or twelve hundred no. pages. So anyway, but the preview looks great. I mean, it looks well crafted. Looks like a good second yeah. half. You got Christopher Walken. <laughs> And there is the uh, um, emperor, right? emperor. Yeah. So very, very quick blink and you'll miss it. Uh, Florence Pugh as his daughter. Oh, I didn't see that. In the, I have to go back. She's in it very briefly. She's got like a like this headdress on, so you can only see her eyes. Right, right. But she's in it. She's in it. All I heard was your father. It's a weak man. <laughs> I love that Christopher Walken is always Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Paul, your father was a weak man. Well, it's like, it's, there's something about these old school actors that like, this is me and this is what I do. I'm not acting anymore. I'm just going to do yeah. me in every part. Like, uh, like one of the classics is Sean Connery. Yeah. He's got that Scottish brogue, right? And right. no matter who he was, my name is Ramirez. <laughs> my like, name. What? I should have mailed it to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> Do you see the beast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is not a, uh, a show about uh, voiceover stuff. Terrible, ter- terrible, Sean. <laughs> Sean's uh, not that terrible. Yeah, it's, they're not great. You're, I like your Jimmy D. Williams. I'll give you that. Yeah, my Billy D. You mean not Jimmy, Billy D. 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 Jimmy D. When you have some sausage over there, what's going on? <laughs> oh man, we are way off course already. <laughs> yeah, of course. So let's let's bring it back around with something I don't think anyone saw coming at all. No. Was Jennifer Garner is back as Electra 18 years after her steaming turd of a film. Well, she didn't make the film. She only acted in it. So don't don't, don't make it her fault that the film okay. sucked. It's well, she agreed. She read the script. Sure, but I'm sure scripts and direction, I mean, you know, don't put that all on her. I mean, she was coming off of she was coming off a very successful television show. I understand that. So she had the gravitas to be that person, I guess, at that time. Oh yeah, I never I mean, watched that show though. To be honest with you, I've never seen an episode, a single one. <laughs> but hey, because of that show, we have J.J. Abrams. Yay! Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's so. Here's what I think is happening. The Deadpool writers, and that includes, maybe not as a writer, but definitely a massive creative force in Ryan Reynolds, is they are going to wreak havoc and play with this entire multiverse idea. For sure. Clearly. I mean, and this leads into the next thing as well, is that the the costumes for Deadpool and Wolverine have leaked. People have taken pictures of them on set. Deadpool costume looks like Deadpool. It just like the red's a brighter red instead of a more of a, a deeper red. It's more of a brighter red. 
more comic booky. Right, right. Both of them are. Just pops. But yes, Wolverine's wearing yellow. The comic accurate costume, which people have been asking for since 2000 when X-Men came out. Until they see it and probably go, ooh. It's going to look terrible. No question. But it's most, like, this, this doesn't scare me because it's, it's this Ryan Reynolds. Like, if it was a trying to do something um, in the Marvel Universe, then there's no way Jennifer Garner would work. Like, it would only work here. There's no other place you'd want this. A hundred percent. Let me, yeah. I'm excited for this. Not because I have any great love for Elektra as a character in the MCU or anything that's she was great in Daredevil TV show. Correct. And I almost if wish Michael, they brought that actress over. But well, if Michael ever watched the last season, maybe I don't know. I want she was in the second season. I know, but you never watched the third. That's true. It's on my list. <laughs> anyway. I kind of wish they brought that actress on because she did such a great job. But then I think about it. No, this is going to be jokey. And they're clearly going to kill her off in some horrible, horrible way. Because there's no way. I mean, Jennifer Gardner, I love her. She looks fantastic. She's way more fit than I am. But she's 50-something. They're not bringing her back to be in more MCU films. So I'm thinking they're going to kill her. There's Hugh Jackman, right? This is just a... Yeah, oh, dude, some fans are already freaking out like, oh, yeah, he's going to be back as Wolverine. He's going to help with the MCU. No. He's not. He's not. And the fact that he's wearing a yellow costume tells me this is not the Wolverine Wolverine slash Logan that we saw die in Logan. Yeah, we don't know any of it. What's going to happen? I know we don't know anything, but I'm thinking it's a version. It's a variant from a different. Yeah. That's what I think. I'm okay with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, next up, uh, perhaps this is part of the reason why it fizzled, because I didn't see it, and I know you didn't see it, Joe. It's not that I didn't want to. I I was literally too busy. Like, I want to see it, and basically it's going to be me by myself. Well, we haven't seen the film, so Indy has fizzled. This is now its second weekend, and it got blown out of the water by some other films the second weekend. It had huge drop. Uh, the other, probably, I probably won't even get a chance to see it in the theater because we get this conference next week. It might even be out of the theaters by next weekend. Who the hell knows? Yeesh. Well, the audience score is a strong 88% last I checked. Everybody that I know that has seen the movie enjoyed the film. I mean, it can't be worse. Well, okay. It can't be worse than The Crystal Skull, it's right? It's not. Everybody that I've talked to said it's better than that. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just this, this era is over? I, I think... It's Gen X's fault. Oh, yeah. This sounds like this is going to be a whole episode's topic. But please, <laughs> do tell. What do you want? Hit me with well, what you got, Joe. I, I think they just, they're not appealing to anybody younger than us. I can see that. And, you know, like my kids don't care about this. But they're Star Wars. They didn't, they didn't, I mean, I watched the Indiana Jones, but it wasn't, it just didn't capture them like it did when I was 12 in 82 when Raiders came out, right? Um, I get that. And I think it's a product of our generation. And we are the boomer in this, so to speak. I think they, they made a film to bring us back to the audience, to the to the theater, and we're just not going out. Well, Kids in, my, in my defense, I was on vacation all last weekend. So uh, I wasn't going to use – it was beautiful and sunny in Michigan. It was you know 80 plus. We were at the beach. And no point did I think, I want to take time away from this to go sit in a movie theater for three hours. If it had been a rainy day. We probably would have done that, but then it wasn't, so we didn't. I and I hemmed and hawed with seeing it this morning, but I almost saw it last night, but it got too late, and I'm like, I didn't want to go. I looked, I looked at the 9:40 show last night. I looked right at the tickets, which was at 9:15. Like maybe I'll go and look to like to buy a ticket. There was no that would have been the only person in there, and I'm like, I worked at movie theaters, and if that's the latest movie, and if no one's in there, they don't have to run it. Right. If one person's in there, they got to run it, which means I could have kept everybody there working. And I'm like, I don't want to do that to them because I, I better not sure. <laughs> which is what I did for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. <laughs> he did. You're the only I didn't one know. That- well, I didn't. I went to a small, a small theater over by me, so I couldn't buy it online. Oh, the um, North Star. Yeah. So I walked in, bought the ticket, and I was the only person there. In fact, I had to walk out after the first ten minutes to ask them to please turn the house lights off. They're like, no, we wanted you to leave. 
I felt so bad, but there was another movie that started after mine, so they had to be there anyway. But oh, okay. I did feel bad. But anyway, all that to say, I almost went this morning. Uh, I asked Shaylee if she was interested, and she was, eh, I don't know. You know, we got stuff to do. And that's why I texted you this morning first thing. I was like, did you see it? You said, no, and I'm not going to. I said, neither am I. Again, if I. Maybe if I have a free evening in Orlando, I might go see it before I get to the theater. I want to see the movie theaters, but. Oh, I do too. I 100% want to see it. It's just, it didn't work for me these last two weekends. And, and now it's fizzling. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a limited time to see it in the theater. I, I got to make this happen. So What does fizzling mean? Let's see. Well, it's not making enough money is basically. Well, yeah. But did it do worse than last weekend? Well, yeah, the second week is always worse. But... Not no, not always. You okay. See your avatar. 99% of the time. So... Um, it did okay. I don't know what the total is right now. Well, while you're looking that up, I, I do want to say I agree with you about the Gen X thing because Star Wars was a Gen X thing, but Lucas was smart enough to wait another generation to do the prequels. So then those kids were into that. Like, I don't think, yeah, I think it's a little bit of luck, but yeah. Well, there was some luck, but it was com- almost completely new characters. I mean, yes, you still have Obi-Wan and a couple of others, like Darth Vader, obviously, right. at some point. But, like, for our son Jordan, who is, you know, 28, that's his Star Wars, right? And he yeah. likes the so original. Right. Yeah, that's their Star Wars. And then this, these, you know, pre these sequels that came out, that's yeah, another generation's first Star Wars. So... You know, when you space out these movies every 15, 20 years, you hit a ge- different generation as well. Whereas with new story, whereas but it took the fir- it took the generation prior to bring those kids. Like I took my kids. They didn't know anything much. about. Story. They watched the first three, but then I took them to see the sequels when they were that age. Someone right. has to take them there. Correct. But Indiana Jones, I mean, Gen Xers, our kids are, well, I guess we have teens still. But I don't. You do. I, I do. But okay, you're not that far off. It's only been like three years. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> the point is, I just don't think it, it just doesn't translate to this generation, I don't think. The, the yeah. millennials, the millennials that are out there now, just, it's not their thing. And I, you know, what does this mean for Kathleen Kennedy now? You know, I've, once again, like it happens every time, anything Lucasfilm puts out that doesn't blow things out of the water, the rumors start like, Kathleen Kennedy's done. She's going to get fired. And, you know what? Who knows? Who knows? I, I At this point, it's just a guessing game. There are things that are still going right. I mean, Mandalorian is still doing very well. I think it's just a shift in thinking. And these things happen in cycles, right? Like we have Oppenheimer coming out. And I think you're just going to start to see a little bit of a shift from the popcorn stuff to some more thinking type movies for a bit. Like it, it, it happens. It happens. I think we just we've been flooded with a lot of the fantasy adventure hero whatever for quite a bit now. And uh, a COVID cut things too. Like people just don't go as much. Period. So that's true. It's not just you know because the film's bad. People just aren't going as much. They have decent enough TVs at home that it's really got to be something, or it's got to. It, 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 so many people say you have to see it that they go. Because um, I'm super looking forward to Oppenheimer, which Michelle doesn't want to see that either. So, um, but I'm gonna. See, I, I feel like you have to see his films at the movie theater as well. Yeah, which was part of the reason why I think Tenet didn't do as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, it, it just may be kind of a shift in the culture right now of, um, you know, the big these kind of movies. Maybe it's going to go back to thinking movies. I don't know. I'm okay with it. And in fact, the last week or two, I've really been itching. I was like, I kind of need to see Inception again. Just because, why can't an action movie also be a thinker and be smart? Why can't it be both? It can be both. I know it can, but we haven't seen a lot of that lately. No. No. So, I want to see Andy. I mean, sure, Harrison Ford's been doing a ton of PR, so you can't blame it on him. Like, you've never seen him talk this much in his life. He's everywhere. Every social media thing that I come on, he's on Conan. He's everywhere. Yeah. I just listened to the Conan podcast as we drove back from up north. Yeah. He's funny as hell in that thing. Oh, my God. He was hilarious. I loved him. Yeah. 
Um, so you can't blame the actor not getting behind it. I mean, he's done everything he could. And if you if you watch, uh, what's the show on um, Apple? Oh my god, shrinking. He's so shrinking. He's great on that show. He is such. He he leans into that grumpy old cuss demeanor. Yeah. Only it kind of makes more sense because you know his character has Parkinson's, which right. not really anything they say that right away in the show. But anyway, he is fantastic in that show. I love him on that cast. Yeah, it's a good show. But he's doing great. He's like working a lot, which is great. Dude, he is the hardest working eighty year old actor I know. I mean, he is the new Michael Caine, right? But but not just that. I mean, he's obviously he did the Star Wars films. Uh, he wasn't eighty then. But you know, he he just uh, he's doing shrinking. Uh, he just did Indiana Jones, and now he's gonna do. He's gonna be Captain Thunderbolt Ross, Ross. Right? yeah, General Thunderbolt Ross. So, and we don't know this for sure, but at some point in the comics, General Thunderbolt Ross became the Red Hulk. Can you see them CGIing Harrison Ford as the Red Hulk? I want this. I don't know if I want that. I want this. I just want one Hulk. That's it. To be I understand. The Hulk. But the fact that the leader is showing up in this filming, in this filming, in this movie, uh, there's hope. We might get to see the Red Hulk. All right. Anyway. All right, let's move on. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, 28 Days Later. Have you seen this film that came out like 20 years ago? I did, but I don't remember much. I know Cillian, Killian is in yep. it. Yep, Cillian is Murphy. It, is it Cillian or is it Killian? I think it's Cillian. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, so the movie came out years and years ago, 20 plus years ago. Great film. It's a twist on the zombie genre because the people aren't actually zombies and said they're infected. They're infected with the rage. Right. Great movie. Decent sequel. But it's been a while. And now the creators are talking about, hey, maybe we're going to do 28 years later and kind of do another film. So just talk at this point but i i love that first movie so much i would love for them to do to come back especially if danny boyle came back he did not do the sequel um 28 weeks later it's funny though how many big stars now that were in those two movies i mean you had you know cillian murphy in the first one and then i can't remember her name the actress's name but she basically became money penny in the bond series right. she was in that first movie uh obviously um Gee, I'm, I'm, draw, I'm drawing blanks on all the names, but the, the rebooted Doctor Who, the first one was him. He was in that movie. Uh, but then also you had Jeremy Renner in the sequel. You had Rose Byrne in the sequel. Um, so many people. So many people that are big name actors now, so you can tie them all back to those first two films. Right. I would love to see another one. But again, at this point, it's a little bit of talk, but you never know what happens. And then, uh, let's see, last but not least... There's been some chatter because we all know the fate of the Doom Patrol. This is its fourth and final season. The first half is coming out soon. We don't know. I watched the first season and I couldn't get past it. Some people love it. I haven't watched it. I know it was originally on what the DC Universe thing they had, but now it's all over on Max. Right. So I've got the opportunity, but maybe I'll watch that right after Daredevil Season 3. We'll see. If you watch this before Daredevil, Daredevil Season 3, I can't talk to you anymore. Well, it's going to be really hard to do a podcast if you can't talk to me. That's right. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, it's something I mean to check out at some point, but I haven't. And I, maybe I will. Who knows? All that to say, uh, we know this is dying. A lot of basically just about everything that came out before is all dying in the CW. The only thing that's really on is going to be Superman on the CW. Um, yeah, there's some other stuff too. But James Gunn uh, and, and Peter Santa. Francisco. Whatever. I thought you were gonna say Peter Cetera. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, he's not my nodding. He's not my nodding shining armor from a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I'm making Chicago jokes. Sorry, actually, that was a Peter Cetera solo song. I am gonna. Cut up. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, one of the stars of the Doom Patrol was saying that the second half of the fourth season was gonna be binned because that's what HBO Max keeps doing to everything. I'm sorry, Just Max now, or Warner Brothers, or David Zavrov, whatever, blah, blah, blah. James Gunn has came out on Twitter and made it very clear. Yes, it's all coming out. None of it's been binned. 
No, it's still TBD as to when this final season comes out, but the whole thing is going to come out at some point. It's not being binned, so all right, there you go. That's our news this week. And our geeks this week. I'll go first. Uh, I watched the Stan Lee biodoc on Disney Plus, which was interesting because it was done basically with all old voiceovers of Stan Lee. There was no like bunch of people talking about Stan Lee and everything. It was just like as if he told the whole story. Uh, so it was interesting. Um, they didn't, you know, it didn't quite get into all the, quite the negative things that happened at Marvel of fighting over rights and who did what and where they did a little bit. They had some, a little bit of the arguments between, you know, um, Kirby and Ditka and Ditko, not Ditka, um, and, and Stanley, but, um, overall it was very good. It was fun to watch and, and learn a little bit about him and, um, the way he thought that kind of stuff. So. I, I'll check it out at some point. I uh, I have heard some of the pushback, especially from the Kirby estate. Mm-hmm. And as much as everyone loves Stanley, and I admit it, I love him too. Whenever his cameos showed up in any of the movies, they've been fantastic. But you know, no one is perfect. Nope. And there were some things definitely that were not done, that were, were that were done that weren't exactly right. You know, Steve, to, like you said, to Steve Ditko to. Jack Kirby to others. So, uh, Stanley, yes, he, he is an icon of comics from the Silver Age, and you know, and even the Bronze Age. He was he the he was the Steve Jobs of comics. Okay, so like you know, if it wasn't for him, Kirby and Ditka would have lost their jobs a long time prior. Because if it wasn't for Stanley championing championing comic books and going on the road and doing he was the face and he sold it well those guys couldn't sell and that's fine that's good but if they're part of the creation of those things they should also reap those same rewards sure i'm not arguing that i'm just saying right you know what he did was you know it all comes down to ideas you know i mean the, the argument is it was it's my idea and the, their argument was well we drew it and made it look that way well the argument is it was his idea but when these characters evolved, they weren't created in a vacuum. They no. contributed ideas. He no. may have started with an idea, but they contributed as well, and they came to an agreement. It wasn't. Well, it's no different. Who invented? Who invented the iPhone? Steve Jobs, or no? He was the face of it. Uh, but he asked for it. This is what I want. This is what it needs to be because he saw the future. Nobody saw that. So yeah. who you know, Edison stole a lot of things, but he's credited for inventing a lot too because of ideas or whatnot. Yeah. He stole a lot from Tesla. Stole a lot from many, many people. Right. But it's, he was it's much kind of better at, at, at defending and def- lowering up on patents than anything. Yeah. But yes. like, or, or even the Apple computer and Steve Wozniak. Wozniak's credit for building it, but Steve's it's idea is his, you know, he made somebody happen. Like I said, yeah, there's no question he was the face and he pushed Apple forward, but he was also a shit father. So, yeah, I mean, that's a different conversation. I'm talking about creativity right. over a product. Right. So was John Lennon, but he's a shit right. father as well. 100%. But it, I mean, it's a tough argument. It's tough that when they're in the system, they're all working together and, you know, who owns what rights and who wrote what song for bands and who did, you know, exactly. exactly. You can argue with uh, any band, like even like Pink Floyd. Well, I, you know, Roger was, I wrote all this. Well, you didn't write that fucking guitar solo. I guarantee you that that's exactly. in the song. So what's written and what's not, you know I mean? It's hard to know and who gets credit and it's very tough when you get, you know. Right. I, it's unfortunate that, that the contracts that people worked under was the contract, you know, Whatever I come up with at companies, it's the company's count. It's the company's. I made that decision for every company I worked for. You just, that's the way it works. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It makes you wonder though, like what would have happened if Jack Kirby had, was popular in the eighties and nineties, because then he could have shut off and done something like the image artist did. And then he'd own a lot of his rights. I mean, Jim Lee is now what the publisher of DC comics. I don't From know, the guy that sure. used to draw the X-Men, who went off on his own and did create own, his own created uh, empire and created a whole comic book brand, 
that got bought by DC and now he runs and publishes. I mean, come on. Right. That could have been Jack Kirby. That could have been Steve Ditko, but things were different back then. It was different. So, they also didn't have the guts. Well, things were... It was it, different. It, I know it was different, but, you know, they could have took their shot too. I think they did. Well, they left and came back. It was a different time. I know, but I'm, it was a different time, but people make their own times as well, you know? Yeah, but there were so many comic book companies that tried to start in the 70s and 80s that just didn't make it, but Image image did. Right. Sometimes I guess what I'm saying is maybe they weren't good enough to make it on their own. They didn't have the business sense. They didn't have the idea. I'm not saying that they're not, that they're not, that they're bad. I'm just saying a lot of artists have that problem. They don't understand business. They don't know how to work it. I get that. I get that. That's what I'm saying. So they, they couldn't do it on their own because they don't have that thinking. I don't disagree. I mean, of those people that started image, you know, uh, like Eric Larson and Steve, you know, Jim Lee and all that. And I'm as image image as my example. I mean, let we can, it's pretty easy to argue that Jim Lee is a hell of a lot more successful than maybe uh, Mark Silvestri or Wills Portatio. Cause those Which are names I, I have never even heard of. No, not for exactly. me. Anyways. Exactly. Anyway, I, I don't disagree that uh, Stanley is, belongs in the pantheon of comic book creators. Um, I just don't know if it should be put up on as high of a pedestal as all I'm saying. If in fact that the genesis of the ideas of Spider-Man, Hulk, Fantastic Four, and X-Men, just them alone, came from his mind, that's enough for me to say he's the best ever. Whether he drew them or not, he still wrote things like if those if the genesis of those ideas were like I want a Spider Man and he created the Hulk in terms of like theory. Here's what I want to do, guys. I'll make this guy. He's a monster. He's gonna do this, this, this. That's his idea. If he's like, the, the I, think, I think, I think, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. He says it. He he gave all the credit to that in there. I mean, he says it in in the doc. He, he was I want to make something like that. And then when he was like, well, when um when the social upheaval was happening and and that's how we came with X-Men and then I could just make mutants. I don't even have to think about origin stories. We can just do it this way. I mean, those are in fact, if they come from him, if that's fact and it's his ideas that say, here's a gen, you know, he writes an outline of it. That's his idea. That's it. That's, that's, that's the best ever. Those are some of the most iconic characters ever created. But they wouldn't exist without the artists that co-created them. Great. We wouldn't have light without electricity. I mean, somebody invented a light bulb. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not, you know, Ben Franklin showed you electricity. Does he get credit for everything afterwards? No, I'm just saying he, the, the idea is, the idea is what actually is what's most important. Without the idea, nothing else happens. I disagree. You, you disagree. So if there's no idea, how's Kirby going to write the fucking Hulk? What I'm saying is the idea is a good starting point. It's the, it's the implementation it's the of the, I know it's the implementation of the idea that's everything. He steered that too. He wrote it. Was his words. That. He co-steered that. His idea. He co-steers it. Fine. It's still. It's still his idea. It's ridiculous to say no. It's like Henry Ford's credited with the assembly line or whatever. His idea. A bunch of people built it for him. That's how it works. That's how. That's how people that come up with ideas. They get people to do things for them. That's how it works. Right. But just because he had an idea, I want this guy that's kind of like uh, Jekyll and Hyde, and uh, I don't know. Uh, we used, and he wrote the story, though. Like, he wrote the story. That's fine. Okay, but so he what... also worked with Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko on all these things. Of course he did. And many others. Yes. That were pairs of hands and employees. So was he. He didn't own I know, Marvel. But, but he was the head of publishing. He was the and editor. Actually, yes. Yeah. Even at the time of the Hulk, he was the editor. Yeah. Again, I agree he should be in the Pantheon. I just don't think... I don't think he's the greatest. Who's the greatest? I don't know. I just don't. I I think he stands on the backs of many of his co-creators. Hmm. I don't know. If he wasn't there, would it be? Would they have ever been created? Maybe not. I, I'm not maybe saying not. You, know, you can't say maybe not. If the genesis of his idea comes from him, 
that stuff would not have been created. Period. Yes, there would be no Spider-Man. You realize you're seeing this document through his words. No, no, I'm seeing he, it through me as a creator. No, if I come up with an idea and I write he's it, he's the down, one that's telling you he created all these things. He's the one in his words says, "I came up with this. I came up with that." There is many, many, many stories of the fact that a lot of these things were co-creations between the two, between his various collaborators. Yet there is this feeling and the, the the popular headline is that he created all these things he did not okay i guess we have to hear the other side that part i don't know that's fair right but if somebody comes in my point is this if you come in even with a notepad that says hey i want this guy to be like a spider and a spider man and that's what i want that's the idea the idea is still number one for me as a creative person. Yeah, but ideas are a diamond dozen. It's the implementation mm-hmm. of the idea. And if you're that's the one that helps drive that implementation, then that's that's part of it too. Right. I'm not saying he wasn't a part of this. I'm just saying I think he's overblown his contribution. And that's possible. That I don't know. That's my point. All right. See, we got to argue a little bit. Um <laughs> And this week, the show. Go ahead. Yeah, this week an argument. No, no, uh, I didn't even. See. And this week, I'm still reading to sleep in his. Oh, that's place. right. That's, that's right. my argument this week. All right. Sorry about that. No problem. Who wants to hear a sea of the stars? Anyways, it was much better to argue about Stanley. Um, <laughs> hey, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com. Class, sorry, patreon.com slash. Kybercast. You want to give us a little tip in the tip jar? You can check us out there and uh, look at that site and throw us a bone. Um, all right, let's jump into our main topics. Uh, Michael, you've caught up now with Secret Invasion. You're good? I'm completely caught up. All right. Let's take your take on this. What do you think so far? Um, You know what? I'm going to start with some buzz I've been seeing online. Some people are not loving this show. I can't say it's my favorite of the Marvel shows, but we're only three episodes in. I get we're at the halfway mark. It's only a six episode. Yes, it's 50% done. Right. Right. So we're at the halfway mark. But I'm accepting it for what it is. This is a spy drama taking to the nth degree. I mean, spy dramas are all about agents and double agents. Well, when you have a race of Whatever Um, they want to be agent. Right, right. Well, when you have a race of people that can look like however they want to look, it makes being able to spy a lot easier. So for for what it is, if you just take it as a spy show with you don't know who's on whose side and who's double-crossing who or triple-crossing, and that in that lens, I think the show is doing its job very well. That's my I, I have no um, preconceived notions of the show. I don't know the comics of this. I think it's a fun show. I like the spy part of it. I like the, oh, he's getting married to a scrawl? That's weird. Or and, or maybe, or, you know, I don't That's interesting. That's a new story. And then she's maybe now bad. I mean, you've got, um, you don't know if you're ever going to trust Talos or not. It, it seems to always come through. But, you know, since Marvel, um, Captain Marvel, rather. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the show. I don't have an expectation because I didn't really follow any of this in Marvel anyway. So to me, it's kind of a fun show and you're bringing these, you know, there's some heavy hitter actors in there. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's fantastic in that. And like, I, obviously we're covering episodes two and three, but if we had stopped at episode two, I think what we'd be discussing is, what does Fury know? He's married to a scroll, but we find out almost immediately that he is. Yeah, that we, in episode that he three, yes, he knows she's a scroll. Right. So it's fine. And what makes this show work, and what makes any show work when you have protagonist and antagonist? Yes, there's got to be conflict, but you have to at least make your antagonist somewhat relatable and kind of see their point. And to that end, I do. Now that we found out in these last two episodes that Fury did essentially use the scrolls to have the best spies ever. Cause 
they could be look like anyone. And it helped him jump up the ranks of S.H.I.E.L.D. to get to the position he is. Right. And then 30 years later, they still don't have a home world. I see why the uh, the resistance or whatever these, you know, scroll terrorists, terrorists are pissed and want to take Earth now. Like, they've been there for over a generation. 30 years? Right. That's two generations of scrolls without a home world. To them, Earth is home. Right. You know? I, I, I don't care who you are. You know, well, I do care who you are. But what I'm trying to say is, you take any people and remove them two generations from their homeland. Yes, they're probably the older ones are probably still going to want to yearn from that homeland. But for the next generation, where they were born and what they have known, that is their homeland. So yeah. it makes sense that these younger scrolls, not all, some of them are older too, but it makes sense that a large chunk of these younger scrolls are like, yeah, we, we, this is Earth. This is where we've been the last 30 years. We want to stay. We want to make it ours. So in that aspect, I get it. It's a relatable antagonist. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, obviously they get a good person playing, uh, I forget the, the main antagonist name. Um, Gravity? Anyway. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, tough looking dude. You know, it's interesting. They've, you know, the thing to me is this is such a big deal, in my opinion, that why isn't he calling some other Avengers? Like, this is not like some small little, like, these people, th these are people now possibly taking over the whole government. You got, you know, um, Shooter McGavin in there. <laughs> like, Michael McDonald, is that who you mean? Is that his name? Wait, not Michael McDonald. He's talking about the singer? No, it's uh, something McDonald. I, anyway, I know you know what I'm talking about, right? Shoot him again. Yes, yes, but uh, I think his last name. <laughs> <laughs> I just see him. That's all I see is shoot him again. I'm like, wow, he's a fake golfer now. Um, so it, 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 that's kind of a big deal. Like, why would he call any Avengers? Like, this seems like it's not something that's small. That could be like one dude to handle. Feels weird to me. Well, well, real quick, it's Christopher McDonald. Sorry, not my, Michael oh. McDonald. Is yeah. Anyway. Young Moby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not the former singer of the Doobie Brothers. Uh, so they kind of referenced that in episode three, that the reason Fury hasn't called the Avengers back in is because he's like, then they're just going to start copying them. But it's kind of a, it's not a very good reason. Yeah. Um, no. to, well, it's not a good reason until later that episode, because at first you're like, well, so what? So they're going to look like the Avengers. They can't. They, they don't have the powers. But then we find out that same episode that basically Gravik is working on making Super Scrolls, which... Right. Are you familiar with them? I mean, I think yeah, I think no. you get the concept. They've made it pretty clear. Yeah. But in the comics... Everything's about making the Super Soldier. That's what all of Marvel has ever been. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's why the Hulk exists. Right. I know. That's why so many of these characters exist because they're trying to recreate what happened to Steve Rogers. Right. But yeah, in the comics, yes, the vast majority of scrolls are just scrolls. They can shapeshift. But it started with the Fantastic Four. There was the Super Scroll who basically had the powers of all four of the Fantastic Four. And then as, you know, time went on, you found out there's a sub a separate special there's several super scrolls. They're not every scroll, but some scrolls have the ability to mimic powers. So mm. it didn't happen. It didn't happen anything like this, where in this case, Gravik has obviously got a machine that's going to imbue scrolls with power. It's not how it went in the comics, but you know, different origin, but same results. Well, I think overall the show's good. I think that you know, the quicker they get the Fantastic Four, the better, because I think Marvel's sinking right now. Well. I don't know. I like this show, but we're kind of like where Star Wars is right now. Like some of the shows, like, all right, they're fine. And we'll see who this one leads. I, like I said, I like it, but it's not like, it's not like Loki where I was like, oh my God, this show is so good. Um, But we still got three more episodes in, so we don't know where this is going to establish for the MCU going forward. We kind of have the mother of dragons. Is she gone for good? I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, it's, I think it was pretty 
obvious at first. Well, at first I was like, okay, so she's the daughter. She's rebellious. She's left. But then she is a double agent. She's a spy. Yeah. She's in as a spy. And then they catch her. But then, I don't know. Everyone's a spy. And the way James Rhodey acted towards Fury seemed way out of character, didn't it? It did a little bit. Makes me wonder if Rhodey's a scroll now. And that's kind of the whole point of this show. Right. It's making you wonder about everyone. Maybe, who is maybe it's not even Fury. Right. We don't know. So we don't know. All right. Let's move on to Star Trek New Strange New Worlds, episodes three and four. Um so, you know, I'm going to, I'll start with this since you started with the other one and this is more your territory, but I'm going to say this, um, this season sucks so far, in my opinion, except for the second episode. Uh, <laughs> it's not even, it's it doesn't even come close to the first season. Um, first of all, you didn't even get to episode four until you had a, an actual adventure. Okay. Um, uh, episode three, we went cheap. Let's go down to the real world in 19, like in 20, whatever, 1990, something like, God damn it. Can you just stay away from? No, it was, it was the mid 20. It was, it was around now. That's what I mean. Don't do that. They're not from now. I don't, don't fucking do that anymore. Like go back. It's, it's a cheap episode. It's bad. You had a fucked up Kirk in this. It's just, just, it was horrible absolute horrible episode then the episode i just watched was another terrible terrible episode it was even michelle was listening to it and the other one goes is this written for 10 year olds because that dialogue is the dumbest dialogue i've ever heard in my life and if you actually listen to the dialogue in episode four it is so remedially bad it is so dumb it is not smart writing. It's terrible. And I'm and I'd be surprised, Michael, with you as a writer and how you correct other people's stuff and the news and everything that you like, you know good writing. I believe you do. The the remediate the, the sound the, the dialogue sounds like they're talking to 10-year-olds. It's so bad, this last episode. So bad. I that I'm like, it's what happened to last year? Like, what happened? I disagree completely. I'm 180 degrees away from you. You think it's smart writing? You think they, that the dialogue is well written and well, sounds intelligent? Uh, the fourth ep- episode four, Among the Lotus Eaters, that's easily explained. They've lost all those memories. And can no, 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 not even that part of it. It just, it no, it's it's horrid. Absolute yeah, horrid. I think that's easily explained with the fourth episode. Now, going back to tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, rather, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Fucking loved it. Great wow. episode. Terrible episode. Let's go back 100%. to Khan. Let's go. No. Let's, do Khan. let's con everyone in this episode. Let's have another alternate Kirk. So now we have another timeline. No, it's a whole new timeline it doesn't now. exist. Huh? It doesn't exist. No, the timeline that started with like the the original series to Khan doesn't exist. It's all different now. Uh, no, she didn't make any changes. Um, well, back then it was in the '90s, and now we're in the 2020s, where he's an age. It's it, it it's different. So, I'm gonna say the same thing I've said in previous times. Every series of Star Trek does a jump back in time episode. Every single one. Yeah, stop it. This harkens <laughs> back to the original series when there's that fantastic episode where Kirk and Spock and Bones go back in time and is it Elizabeth Taylor that dies? Anyhow, Kirk falls in love with a woman back in the 30s, maybe it was the 20s, I can't remember exactly the timeline, 100%, but they end up back in time by accident and he ends up falling in love with this woman and they know, they find out, she, because of butterfly effect, She's supposed to be hit by a car and killed. And if she doesn't, then Hitler's going to win World War II. Again, how it's all connected, I'd have to go back and watch the episode, but it's basically the butterfly effect. Since then, every every Star Trek show, except, and I mind you, there were 150-some-odd episodes. I don't know if Next Generation did it. I can't say for certain. I know for certain 
that Deep Space Nine did it, but not Back to Earth. They did uh, jump back to the original series, and there's the Klingons. And I know Voyager 100% went back to Earth because they found a wormhole, and they got back to Earth in the 90s when the show was on. So going back to Earth and readjusting things, that's that's Star Trek. That happens all the time. In fact, when Voyager went back in time, it was a two-parter episode. They encountered a ship from the Federation, from the temporal, um, from temporal, I can't remember what it was, but it was Time Fleet or something like that. So that's been established, and we've seen that even in, in Star Trek Enterprise when they talked about the temporal wars, and we've seen it in Deep Space Nine where they're, you know, Section 31 and the other temporal officers. So we saw a temporal officer here. She is from far in the future. This is Star Trek canon that goes across multiple series. So I don't have a problem with the time travel. I, I get what you're saying. You don't like it when they go back to current times because, you know, it's a cost-cutting measure. Of course, it's, yeah, I don't, it, yeah, it's terrible. Every sci-fi show has a cost-cutting episode because the special effects are expensive. They just had one prior. It was called the fucking Alien McBeal episode. That was a good episode too. That was the best episode of the season. And and it's it's in one set. Yeah. Okay. It's fantastic. And this one episode was fantastic too. I in my opinion, I love this episode. It got me choked up because I mean, don't get me wrong, this episode's not perfect. I'm gonna I'll go right there with you that the chase scenes. Holy cow, they did not have the budget for that because they literally just showed cars drive by at normal speed and play sounds that made them sound like they were going super fast. Like, I'm, there's this one scene where they're chasing that black van in that, you know, hopped up sports car. Yeah. And they drive by an alley and it's not like, boom, boom, boom. No, it's like, you see the car drive by. And the, but they, the sound you hear are cars sound like they're driving really fast, their engines are working hard, but it wasn't. And then, yeah, he does a backup, and then he he starts driving through the city. You can tell they did not have a budget for it to close down large sections of Toronto, nor did they have you know a large budget for a lot of stunt driving. I agree. In, in terms of time, though, it's a different timeline because they affected what Laka's girlfriend from Taxi, whatever her name is. <laughs> well, you know what? So I will say this about tomorrow and tomorrow tomorrow. I kept waiting for her, uh, Pelia, Pelia, P-E-L-I-A. I don't know. I kept waiting for her at the very end of the episode to come up and say, I'm glad you made it back. You know, something that shows she would that have she, to. she would have to remember. She would have to know that that's why she boarded the ship to begin with, to tell him that to go, like, I come from here and live there. Yeah. So I wish they had done that in this episode. I'm... I mean, obviously there's more season to go yet, so maybe that will come out later. So we'll see on that. If they don't do that, that's a miss. And they had another shoehorn Kirk, Kirk in there. Okay, let's bring Kirk into this. because. Well, they've already established that that actor is going to be Kirk. He's yeah, I know, but I don't season. I don't want that. Like, I watched the show because of Pike, and he hasn't was basically not even in the first three episodes. That's fine. I like the other. It's not fine. Too. It's not fine. It's it's not fine. We have ten episodes. It's not fine. But it's not. It's not Star Trek Pike. It's Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and it's it takes a focus on different characters. This is something that Next Generation did as well. Yeah. Yes, you got the main characters, but they do the offshoot characters. Now, I'll grant you that these seasons are much shorter. So when they take a divergence off to one character, it's a larger chunk of the season. I like this episode because she is already kind of a tragic character. She's haunted by who she came from. And then to this, the romance she had with this alternate reality, James Kirk, it was devastating at the end that, you know, he, I mean, he fucking died. They killed Kirk. Now I get it. He's from a different timeline that ended up disappearing, but they still went there. And then she now has these feelings for a person that is not the person that she knew and can't ever really act on that. I mean, she's isolated enough as it is. And, you know, they started the episode with the doctor telling her, you know, you don't have to be alone. And then, so she kind of puts herself out there and it ends as horribly as possible. But at the same time, she's given this Sophie's choice, right? This catch 22 of, you know what? You want to end con right here, right now, kill a child knowing that it is going to save 
the world in the future, but also it's going to keep the Federation from ever being formed. You know, the humanity, the human race has to get through that period to come together as a single world and then help found the Federation. It sucks, but, you know, that's life. Unfortunately, you have to go through some shit and take it in stride with all the good stuff. So that said, I like that she kept her sense of honor and, first off, didn't murder a child. Because at that point, yes, he's just a child. Is he going to grow up and do horrible, despicable things? 100%. But it has to happen. And she she didn't kill him. I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic episode. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, clearly I'm not there. And I'm not there with the last one. That was just there. They'll forget. It'd be, it'd be great to forget that episode. I'm not I mean, forgetting. I didn't think it was as strong as episode three. Um, it was. Dude, there's a computer that only talks to one person on the ship. Okay. Just no, that pilot. It's only one pilot on the ship. No, there are other pilots, but she was asking the questions. No one Nobody else asked was asking. Question. Nobody asked. Uh, she uh, was talking to it. So she's like, are you still there? You know, who am I? I don't know who I am. And the thing. I know it, it just, just bad. It's just bad. It was bad. I liked it. It was, it was, it was classic Trek. I don't remember Trek being such a, to talk to people like fifth graders or lower. I, I don't know where you're getting that. I, I do. It's just get the way they talk. It's just terrible. It's just. In this yeah. episode, I, I didn't really, I didn't really pay attention to it until Michelle's like, what the hell? They sound like they're, it sounds like a bunch of five-year-olds. Well, that's kind of how they were in this episode because they didn't really have, they couldn't even remember different words. Like, I, I know I can do that, but I don't know why. And they were stumbling over their thoughts all the time. Yeah, it's more than that to it, though. I, I just didn't like it. I, I, I was just bored. I really liked it. I thought it was, I was, I, like I said, it was for me, it was a classic trek. Again, episode three was far stronger, in my opinion, but with episode four, the Among the Lotus Eaters, my whole thing was, all right, how are they going to figure out what's affecting them? And I liked it because, again, as a Trekkie, you know, when Spock said, oh, we need to move the asteroid belt, I was like, that's it. Obviously, there's some kind of ore that's going to protect them. And it turns out, no, Spock was wrong. That, though, the radiation given off by the um, debris field, that was a meteorite that fell down and started causing the radiation below. So it was the wrong call. It was 100% the wrong call. He actually made things worse, which I like because Spock is not perfect, but he often comes across that way and he always has the answer, go here, do this, this is logical, blah, blah, blah. He made an educated guess and was wrong and almost cost the lives of the entire ship. So to see that happen was, you know, he's, he basically says, I'm still learning. I like that. This is a much more immature Spock than we see later in the original series. And that kind of plays to that. So again, for me, this is all, this is classic, classic Trek. Are there stronger episodes than others? Yeah. But for me, two and maybe, three. Maybe that's why I don't like it. It's classic Trek. Yeah, but it's, it's not as necessarily as classic Trek. I mean, you got to remember it was its own thing. This harkens back to, like I said, uh, the original series and next generation and, Many episodes, maybe not so much deep space, deep space, yeah, excuse me, deep space nine, but also Voyager. I I don't know. I'm I'm really enjoying this season. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I I like this cast. I hope they have some better. We, we're almost halfway through the season. They better have some better written shows and have some real adventure and as a team and go do something. It's just kind of blah blah blah. But see, I'm looking at as we're we're four episodes in. The first episode, okay, fine. It was an extension of the last season. That's fine. Second episode. Two was, was fantastic. I know you disagree on three, but for me, two and three have been some of the highlights. The best Trek I've seen in 20 years. Wow. Please write Michael. Let's see what... Uh, no, I, I would totally thing. love to hear what some what some of our listeners think. If, if they're not into it, that's fine. I mean, we don't all have to be into the same things. I mean... No. Uh, I was looking at... at um, uh, my watch list on one of my streaming services and I noticed um, Halo was on my watch list still and all I thought was I remember Joe liked it more than I did there's no way in hell I'm watching a season two of that show <laughs> so, uh, so it's fine I think the first season of Halo is beating this season of Star Trek no way, For me, no it is. way. but 
like I said, I would love to hear what our listeners uh, think. Uh, if you know, if they're somewhere in the middle, if they think more like Joe or they think more like me, I, that's fine. It's not going to change how I enjoyed it. No, um, it shouldn't. Yeah, no, I know it shouldn't. About changing opinions. I always think it's giving it. It's interesting how we come at it with different takes because sometimes you and I, like with episode three here, of Strange New Worlds, opposite ends, 180 degrees different. But then there's sometimes I come into something, I think, all right, here we go, Joe and I are going to fight, and we're on the same exact page, and it blows my mind. So <laughs> that's what I love about this podcast. It's usually the times you're right is when I'm right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. So let them know how they can talk to us uh, about both episodes of uh, Secret Invasion or shows, I should say, Secret Invasion and Star Trek New Worlds. Uh, a few more weeks, we'll have Ahsoka, and then life will begin again for me. Uh, just, <laughs> and you know, who knows? Maybe we'll go see Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. Sometime. I'm going to try, but I doesn't look good. And hopefully it stays in the theater. Well, tell us what you think. Uh, tell us if you agree with me, agree with Joe, or if you have some other completely different opinion, you can do that on both Twitter and Instagram at KyberCast. You can also find us on Facebook at The KyberCast. We have both a group and a page. We're not on Threads yet. I should work on that. You should work on that. Um, and if you'd like to uh, check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash KyberCast, but the best way to help out our show, as usual, is to tell a friend about the show and to smash that subscribe button. That'll let you know when new episodes launch. Um, or tell your friend about our show, at, and they can check any podcatcher that's out there or go directly to KyberCast.com. All of our shows are streaming there, and we have a couple of things at the swag store. So... Uh, I don't know what's happening next week, Michael. Um, nothing new's coming out. It'll probably be just another strange new world invasions things that we'll be talking about. Um, and we'll see where we're at. Hopefully people tell us what they think about these shows. Uh, it's the height of summer, the low of content, and uh, pretty soon things will change. So anything else from you? I'm good. All right. Until next week, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.